this is a discussion about my grand view. I've been using this platform so far as just a means for me to get out some ideas that are in my head, be able to discuss them, talk them out, and to feel like I have an audience. The fact of the matter is is that I have not really established who my audience is. For so long, I've just kind of felt it's whoever's willing to listen to me. But then I realized that people tune in and people tune out. And unless I give them the what's in it for me factor, they're going to tune me out. And unless they understand what it is that they're getting into, they certainly aren't going to stick around long enough for it to start making sense. I believe that whoever my audience is, between us exists a negotiation, a kind of shared relationship with each other, you know, I'm, I'm negotiating for their time and their attention, so essentially two things that I find very valuable. But I don't know whether or not people will find value in what I say. If I'm generally speaking. But if I take from the broad context and actually add context to it and create a situation to have the conversation in and to give it a purpose, some message I'm trying to get across... When I look at it that way, I really do have a particular audience that I'm looking for. Uh, Different audiences for different things that I'm talking about. Um, In the sense of what I'm talking about right now is this grand view. Um, I'm talking to essentially myself. (laughs) Um, In the sense I'm, I'm trying to create a technical relationship with myself in terms of uh, what I'm working on and pursuing. Uh, For a long time I've had this vision in my head of how I would like to see my life, you know, played out. Um, But things change, Uh, circumstances change, situations change, people change, and it calls upon me to have to reassess myself uh, as the, you know, I I consider like the storyteller right now, and then the audience, whoever is receiving this message, and then really what the message is that I want to tell. I believe that there's some fundamental, like, concepts that are there and that will never change their everlasting concepts. Uh, But there are some uh, more along the lines of, like, subcontext or tastes and aversions. And those sorts of things, you know, have the emotional charge behind them and can be swayed. Um, You know, and and depending on my resiliency um, and my peace of mind and how much I know myself, 
and I am in control of myself and my own decisions, and I utilize the powers of no and yes to uh, decide for myself what is best, uh, that have this other aspect, which is grounded and rooted in just the fundamental values that are encoded in my being. And what I mean by that is like, everybody knows wrong from right. You know, when you do something wrong, you feel bad. And yet, you know you did something wrong, you know? And then when you do something good, you feel good. Your body sends you those signals. And so, that's an intuitive sense that we can tap into and we can actively use and we can strengthen and let it become a more useful, purposeful tool for us. And when you really listen to your gut instinct, in a sense, you can tell, yeah, you know, that's right or something about that's not right. It helps to bring things to your awareness so that, you know, you just reassess, reevaluate, and then and then create a, a different uh, process. Because sometimes what it means is that you can't continue on on the same path you were on. And the thing about it is, is that this is a disturbing state to be in, a constant change state. And you feel like you have no time to settle on things, but you do. Um, you're just biding yourself time to settle on this for a while and then settle on that for a while. Essentially, what it is, is like practicing non-attachment in the sense where my life is not so fundamentally committed to everything sustaining in this one pathway that if I stray from that pathway, I will completely disintegrate and fall apart. There has to be some sort of resiliency built in within you so that even when shit hits the fan or things go completely awry or the universe just pulls the carpet out from underneath you and says, well, here you go. Here, here's the new slate that you need to start creating on and uh, do the best that you can to, because this is the way that it's going to get you to those things that, that you really say that you want. That's why it's important to stay consciously aware of what you want and to really focus in on that and to, and to self-check, make sure that's what you really want. And so what this is doing is it's giving you this grand view over effect of your life. In essence, what it's saying is that I'm going to take responsibility and extreme ownership of my life, my choices, my decisions, my prerogative, where I'm going, and, and what I would like my life to be. When you assume control over, over taking responsibility for yourself and to really truly identify with who you are and present forth to others your best version of yourself your best version of your character, the best version of your personality, you know, the, the, the content of your character and your personality mesh well with the sort of value systems and the belief systems that do not infringe upon other people's value systems and belief systems. Essentially, it's saying to each their own, right? And we're just in agreement with each other that we're all going to put forth our best version and learn something valuable from the interactions. Essentially, it's through encounters how we really begin to approach people in a sense of actually having an identity with them and, and 
being able to identify yourself with them so that you can express yourself and the person can come into a, a more trusting relationship with you in what you communicate. And the reason why it's important to have trusting communication relationships is because we each need somebody to tell our story to. We need somebody to tell our truth to. And we need somebody to listen to that truth. And we need to listen for other people's truth to be revealed as well. Because that's our golden opportunity to bring forth our best version. And in those opportunities is how we discover. We practice out whether or not that characteristic or that personality type or that attachment scenario is what we truly feel in our heart is right. Because we know in our gut we're going to know whether it's wrong or it's right. And we can use our logic and our sense to say, well, you know, maybe I'm not necessarily uh, against this or for this, but maybe I'm just like on the fence a little bit and, and I'm unsure. What, what sort of, you know, gray areas can I shed some light on to get a better understanding so I know really what it is that I'm, I'm being asked to do or the things that I'm negotiating or that I'm in, you know, agreements that I'm entering into or relationships that I'm forming and, and how to do things intentionally. You have to be able to really truly reflect on yourself and where you stand in the circumstance, you know, every encounter formulates a situation and within that situation, there is a, a conversation that is happening and that message that's being relayed between the people really should be about how to, to extract from the other person and bring forth their best version because there's something in that person's best version that will shine back to you some sort of awareness that you need to know, some sort of relevant information that is necessary for you to grasp, an insight we shall call it. And that insight is really what you need in order to move forward and move on from that situation, you know. And then when you become so entrusted in these relationships you form with people, these capacities to be able to communicate with somebody, a, a, an intentional message, um, you start to form closer bonds with the people. And then you're able to communicate different things that have different meanings, things on different levels of communication and understanding. It's just like a loving, romantic relationship. You can say things to your lover that you would never be able to say to somebody that you just met off of the street because you haven't formed that bond or that trust with the individual. And, and you have yet to realize how you need to behave around this person. Most of us do, you know, a, a, a checkup on the people that we see. We make first impressions and we formulate these ideas about people. Sometimes they turn into judgments, most of those based off of biases or prejudices that have been taught to us through these repetitious appearances within our social constructs. In some of the conversation, it was expected or appreciated that you had this prejudice and so you held on to it, but in the context of a different situation doesn't necessarily work. Uh, and so it comes to the question of, you know, appropriateness. But you don't even have to go so far if you're self-checking within yourself what's wrong, what's right. Well, does it feel good? Does it feel bad? You know? And not good in the sense of like, ha, 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 I did evil to you and there's some benefit I've gained over you. You know, some power sh you know, struggle or whatever. But more rather just like, I feel like I did the right thing. And when you feel like you do the right thing, that is like... A tap into the sun's energy you know it literally fuels you 
And so... Essentially, the idea is to have a essentially the idea is to have a open dialogue with an individual where you can present yourself and to practice that version of yourself and find out whether or not it's aligned and in tune with your your true self, your inner self. Is it aligned with the truth? And and that's essentially what your little governing system of good and bad is really identifying is is the truth. You know, when you're in accord with the truth, you feel good. When you're out of accord with the truth, you feel bad. And not because you're a bad guy and you did something horrible, but rather it's like this this is out of place, you know, and you feel uncomfortable for it, you know. And you could feel a sense of perhaps guilt about it because you perhaps did not uh, make the right choice when presented with an opportunity to make a decision. You know, and those then arise for us just as golden doors of opportunity to really assess the situation and really learn the the insight that's there, learn that valuable moral lesson and take it with you and, and leave the, you know, the karma behind it behind, you know, don't make yourself have to relive that experience to get the practice necessary to get the insight. Because once you have the insight, then you don't have to learn that again because you know from now on next time you'll do better you know and so even if that opportunity presents itself again you'll make the right decision come around and everything will be good but if you really truly learn the the lesson of the story then you don't even need to experience it again so that you can make it a part of your your character and put it to practice and essentially, that's what we are for each other. We, we're kind of like these uh, bouncing boards, you know. We bounce back uh, and we reflect things to people. We, we mirror what we see within each other. And we use that as a means to uh, be each other's, you know, helpers. To help each other to be able to grow in our experiences become better versions of ourselves, express better versions of our personalities and our character, and really assess our values and in our belief systems uh, so that we can choose the ones that are right for us in, in the current situation, you know, and to, to not harbor ill will or to harbor uh, these biases or these prejudices and to not cast judgment upon people and, and try to make them out to be something that they aren't, but rather to really formulate a understanding about a another person in a shared experience. Really understand like how you're relating to that other person. Why this is important is because in the terms of the grand overview effect, what you're doing is you are putting yourself outside of yourself so that you can find out what you have to do as the the host 
of that conversation? You know, how are you going to host that conversation as a learning opportunity and a development opportunity? An opportunity, even if it's you're just having fun and having a good time, you're going to still learn something from that other person. And you know, what is that going to be? What does that look like for you? And so essentially that's that's what the the context of the conversation is really intended to uh, to bring out. Now when I think of the idea of how to establish what this grand overview effect is, when I am relating to the other person, relating myself, how I see myself into uh, this relationship with this other person so I can see some aspect of myself come out, you know, and practice and play the part of what I think and consider is good humanity. Because from that, I know I will grow as a person. There's some sort of insight that somebody will have for me that will help me on my good journey, essentially. So as long as I keep the conversation positive and mutually beneficial, then like that's where it's more likely to proceed into a place of, of mutual benefits. Um, it can only be mutually beneficial if I'm willing to make it mutually beneficial. Um, so in terms of like what how I view my own grand overview effect is that when I approach people in a conversation, I see myself as a unique and beautiful individual. I also see the other as a unique and beautiful individual. And I can relate to them in the sense where I would like my experiences to be positive ones. I would like to have positive experiences. I would like to to gain positive insights from people. And that way, every person that I meet is an opportunity to shine my best version and to further develop and become my best version through that practice. In the development of my best version, my best version has an identity as a character, has a personality, it does evolve and it does change as I learn and I grow as an individual that happens for us all. And a sense of where I have developed myself from in my life, I really took the time to assess who I've been becoming all of this time in my life and really understand where I have grown in the aspects of my appreciations and my values and my beliefs and my thought processes and really understood why I have these emotional attachments to certain things. And I identified where my strengths and weaknesses are, knowing that I have plenty of strengths, but I probably have more weaknesses. The good thing is, is that my strengths have always been able to step up and help me to overcome any challenge that I have faced. And so I know that I am more than capable. And the fact is that I know that I'm very cunning and I'm receptive and I am capable of being compassionate and empathetic. And I can really orient myself um, into a situation, into a place and into a context. And I can make people feel very much welcome and at home when I want to be that way. The trouble is that I have experienced in my life 
many forms of trauma. So as soon as I meet a person, I'm automatically introduced with all of those deeply ingrained fears and worries and concerns. And I start to have this overload of senses that start to alert to me of these potential threats that I see that are reflecting out from the person that I am observing. And as the observer, observing those people and observing myself and how they make me feel and what they make me think, I really see it as a, I know that I am in a safe space that I, I can automatically calm my nerves by recognizing that this situation is not that past situation and that all this is 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 a, a an echo of a past emotion, a really deeply ingrained one. And it's rising to the surface to call attention so that I can deal with it. And some things are deeper than others. Some things are easy to fix and get rid of. Other things it's going to take some time and a whole lot of creativity in order to find a way to be okay with that. But in the meantime, when I see it be presented as I see these, these things within other people that trigger me in the sense of, uh, you know, triggering my fight or flight or freeze response, I'm able to assess within them whether it's really that person trying to be that way or that by default that they're that way, or it's some sort of uh, nature within them, or if it's that they have themselves experienced similar things, and you tend to project out the things that you most fear. So in a sense, like the person who is um, abused by an intimidator um, will themselves become an intimidator to other people to uh, alert them that they are not going to stand for being abused because they get enough of that crap from somewhere else. That's something that I project a lot because I've had those experiences. But I know, again, I'm not in that situation now. And I don't cast judgment on the person who I'm having experience with now uh, based off of that old assumption, and, and which could be so much as that um, people have the capacity to be really shitty versions of themselves and they can really hurt you in some really fucked up ways. And then I can put that aside and say, but this person, this is a new person. This person gets that clean slate. You know, they, they prove forth their best version or their shitty version, you know, and I know that I'm a catalyst for change and I'm going to bring out that version in them one way or another. And the thing is, is that I am peculiar. I have my own oddities. I have really had a hard time finding my own voice. Uh, my opportunities for communication in the past have not been ways that were open to me being as expressive as I am. Um, I've really had to dumb myself down and suppress my intelligence because it is something that most people fear uh, because they fear that I am acting that I'm better than them or that I'm evaluating you know them as being inferior to me and that my intelligence is my superiority. It's nothing like that. I just believe it's important to express intelligence because that helps other people to understand what intelligence looks like, you know? And we're not all geniuses in the sense that a great concept to really think about it. You can't be a genius if you can't communicate, you know? A, a genius is somebody that, that is so intelligent that they're able to express that intelligence without uh, automatically putting people's walls of ignorance up. 
you know, if people don't feel like they have to be on the defensive or on the offensive when they're talking with you and discussing something, you get open dialogue back and forth. A true genius is somebody that's able to be able to communicate with somebody really genuinely intelligent ideas without it getting on somebody's nerves, you know, essentially. Um, that's something that I'm striving for to get better at. Uh, I have not had a lot of practice. And so as I continue to become my best version in that, I know it will get better. These recordings really help because they help me to find my voice. My biggest downfall is the fact that I am long-winded. Sometimes I can talk for minutes without breathing and <laughs> taking a breath in. And I don't slow down. And I don't think about how other people need to co comprehend what I'm saying in a lot of senses. Because most of the time I am just talking to myself. And I can talk really fast because my brain is processing twice as fast as what my, my conversation is. But I understand other people need time for things to, to sink in and for them to be able to mull it over in their minds to really get a, a feel for it. And especially when it's conversation, when you're talking with somebody new who doesn't understand your character, they don't know what your pace is yet. And so I surpass most people's expectations for pace, which usually is, is slow and general and, and put forward in one sense. My other problem is the fact that I don't stop between one topic and allow conversation in between it just goes straight into the next topic. That's why I really like the format that I'm using here with the podcast. It gives me an opportunity to just be able to talk for a straight hour and say whatever's on my mind about that particular thing and kind of, in a sense, see where it goes. Um, this is not my only way of communicating. Of course, I communicate in other ways, but... Why this particular one is important for me is because it gives me a chance to uh, get conversations going and to keep them going. And I believe that the best skill that I have is that when I'm with a person in their presence, that I'm able to read their signals, I'm able to read their signs and tell whether or not they're comprehending and I can shift the conversation to suit. And that's where a true conversationalist comes in. And I believe I'm an extraordinary conversationalist. Um, it's a lot different than just talking and communicating with somebody and in, in this like podcast form. Like having a conversation with somebody, truly listening, engaging on their ideas, finding similarities, and, and to, to project those things back. And to share ideas and really formulate new concepts and uh, develop uh, the understandings between the people. I really feel that that is what I'm really good at. But that type of conversating with somebody really only happens in a face-to-face -face manner. And the problem is that society has kind of let go of the art of face-to-face -face conversations. You know, we have been turned to glue to our screens. And so those type of conversations no longer have value. It's kind of like uh, antique and antique store, you know? Like, I love to write letters. I think that they're beautiful ways to express you know, your, your, um, care and consideration for somebody and, uh, to receive something in the mail is, is a wonderful feeling, you know, as long as it's not bills or junk, but those are the things we've come to expect. Right. And so I like being able to put something in the mail, a letter that I've written, a picture I wrote, a postcard, something just to remind you that I care about you and thinking about you or to, you know, send a letter that actually speaks something intelligently, perhaps like a proposal or something. I like sending something that's hard copied like that. But the type of communication you can have in that way and the type of communication that you can have in a face-to-face -face is just totally different. So what I really value about this grand uh, 
view overview effect is that it gives me an opportunity to put myself in a situation where I have to take the conversations that I have in the face-to-face and formulate them into a conversation that I can have with people in, in a more broad and general sense. So essentially to be able to look at this and to be able to say I can I can take what that conversation, the key core concepts of a conversation, meld them into a storyline and present it for people in, in a nice neat package. Um, whereas it, it becomes kind of like this evolution and growth of a conversation. It's like, hey, first we're going to approach this and let you know about that. Oh, and the, did you think of this in this way? Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Bring in insights from other sources to say, well, did you know that there's this other person out there who also thinks in these ways that can be similarly attached to this general concept? And then build in within that this context by which somebody can follow along the storyline to really uh, gain the insight in that. And the reason why I need to communicate this to people that I feel for myself, that what's in it for me factor, is that I have a, a beautiful vision of the future that I would like to see come true. I want it to come into reality and I know that it's something that's not going to happen without everybody else's choice involvement in it. And I want to present it in such a way where people don't feel like I'm forcing them or imposing upon them. I really want them to come into this by their own understanding, that their own acceptance that really truly what the future can be for us is something substantial and significant and, and beautiful and and put forth in a way that we can bring out our best versions and it would be good for everybody, all people involved. So essentially that's where I'm at as far as what I'm trying to work on and, and develop into. Um, as I overview my life, I believe that I'm here to help people to find their own significance within the uh, fundamental framework of altering the course of human history. To let it be, you know, sure it's been all those things it's been before, and we see all that and we know where we're coming from, but we also know where we're going with the intention that we're going to improve upon everything that happened in the past that it will more than redeem the time. And by redeeming the time, we no longer have to carry the regrets and the karmas, right? Because we actually learn the insight. And I'm trying to get people to get to that point of acceptance. Um, but we really only can do that once everybody discovers like there is hope for tomorrow. There is this great vision for a future. There really is a plan that can get us there. And I'm trying to communicate that with people, but I... I have yet to really truly establish my audience and really uh, capitalize and use the right platforms that will get my message out in a clear way and to find a way to be able to present myself as a character because I know that the more the people understand who I am as a person the more they're going to come into trust with this conversation so that even if they're only hearing me talk about it through a recording they're still picking up on what I'm saying in the conversation and it's making sense to them. And there's some sort of trigger within them along the way that's leading them towards the resolution that they need to make, which ultimately is to make a decision to be like, you know what, I do want to be a part of this, this grand future and this uh, great vision that is to come because essentially what it's offering is for me to be my best version and to gain benefit from that. And to help others do the same and they gain benefit for that. And we're all working towards the same collective purpose, which is a great thing for, for all people involved. Essentially, I don't want there to be 
any confusions about my motives. And so if people understand who I am, they can understand my reasoning behind what I'm doing. And then in that, they can understand what I'm really saying. I'm not trying to trick people into something. I'm not trying to sell people on some sort of idea. I want them to, to, to choose me as the person that will take them on this great journey, guide them there. I want them to accept that right now they may not be able to see that finish line. And, and the, the how, and the who, and the what, and the when, and the where, are all things they haven't considered. And they probably feel a little bit behind, you know, because technology is driving us so far, but it's leaving whole peoples by the side of the road. And there has to be a way, somebody that guides the people to advance along with that technology. And to really give us a guiding point, give us a, a governing force, give us some sort of direction and guidance. And that's essentially what I feel that I'm doing. I want to enter in a, a trusting relationship with people so that they can accept me as a truthful and honest person who is trying to help them to be able to guide them towards this, this better future that is to come. I want them to be actively participating and contributing to that by becoming their best version and involving themselves in it. And really look at themselves in the terms of like, what are they communicating with other people? What, what are they imparting into the conversation that is helping to keep up that conversation so that things can progress and proceed? Um, and to do so without the limitations, to understand we don't have to go through the same dramas over and over again in order to learn the lesson. We can really just settle it with using our our logos our ethos and our pathos really truly make sense of of the context of our situations identify who our audience is and then share that message and let that message be one of peace and development and and to be in accord with this vision that we see of the future that is to come now if you've listened to any of my podcasts before you understand what my vision really is i have an ultimate question that I asked and essentially found out how the answer relates to that question. And the question is, how do we as a collective shift the whole of humanity to become in line and in tuned with an ever more healthy, sustainable, just and peaceful world where human civilization is more malleable, more adaptable, more mobile, more efficient. And society is made up of individuals that are self-sufficient, self-sustaining, free, and independent people, all in striving together to achieve the great future that we envision for ourselves, which is to have that ever more healthy, sustainable, just, and peaceful world. This is simply identified. What does that look like? What is an ever more healthy, sustainable, just, and peaceful world? It's very well outlined um, in the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals. There's 17 goals to achieve a sustainable world, a better world. They're global goals. They're not just for one person. It's for every person. It's not for one country. It's for every country. And it's choices and decisions to live by those goals 
to let them be something that we actually live out and we proceed on, we build on, and we develop with. These are concepts that are simplified and put into the terms of the true human element. If a human can live within the conditions of these goals being achieved, they are living a sustainable life that is ever more healthy, ever more sustainable, ever more peaceful. And the concept is that we as a society need to technologically advance as we peacefully evolve. And the way that this can be achieved and the way that has been proceeding as far as progress where it's taken the greatest uh, leaps towards uh, advancing us has always been centralized around us becoming sustainably uh, with our energy consumption and with the idea of progressing into space. And so the idea is to become a more malleable, adaptable, mobile and efficient society that is technologically advancing, peacefully evolving into a spacefaring society and a multi-planetary civilization as a human species in striving for interstellar capacities. And it seems like a lofty pie-in-the-sky idea, but it's not. It is just a very large, grand view this grand view, and, and when you place yourself in this overview effect, which is what I'm essentially trying to guide people into being able to do, you put yourself in the observer's position, as I have been discussing what is my intentions, and you put yourself in this position of being one of these citizens within that type of society, being that individual who is living as a self-sufficient, self-sustaining, free and independent person, envisioning yourself as, as a human being, a part of the human species that is actually, actually intentionally, like we chose this, this is what we want to do, to strive to become interstellar and to do that with intention. Not half-assed or lack of lazily or based off of some policy that gets overturned by the next term of rulership. It literally is what we choose as a people to become. Like, that's the best version of humanity, and we shall instrive to our best version as we proceed forward in striving to reach interstellar capabilities. There is no end to that. Just like there is no end to the universe, essentially. You know, we are pushing ourselves to, to be illimitable. And it then broadens our prospects, right? There's a lot that needs to get done in order to get us there. We're going to have to first become multiplanetary because we're going to have to use outposts on all these different planets and in orbiting space stations and uh, traversing um, essentially railway systems uh, in outer space that, that take paths from one planet to the next you know, like a train system that moves along and, and really get ourselves there by taking the first step to, to go to the moon and to establish ourselves there, go to Mars and establish ourselves there, go to Venus, go to, to Jupiter, go to Saturn, go to these different places and to put ourselves in a position of, of staging ourselves as in these outposts where we can reach, humans can reach out that much far and for us to intentionally go as far as the human eye can see. And so becoming multi-planetary civilization, that's going to take some work. It's going to take organization. It's going to take planning and develop. It's going to take everybody consciously 
figuring out what that looks like. And it's not going to be based off of any one interpretation. It's going to be the, the evolving interpretation that comes out of the framework of this society, the spacefaring society that says, this is what our society is demanding now. And so we need to develop businesses and entrepreneurship, and we need to develop industries and, and technologies all surrounding and supporting this general concept and idea. Like, how do we achieve this as a whole? And you say, well, you know, we're going to require this service and we're going to require this tool. and We're going to require, you know, this product or whatever. And, and you begin to develop those things and shift economy or to spread economy and to create niches within that economy that people can build and develop on. People can strive for that. We can get people into a form of entrepreneurship, which is far more uh, securing for any economy than it is just to have big corporations all around. The more entrepreneurs and small businesses we have in the world, the stronger our economy will be. There is no arguing that fact. It is the strongest economy that is possible. It is the strongest basis for our, our revenue streams, for our taxations. It is the strongest way to make sure that people are self-sufficient, self-sustaining, free and independent people. It's the best way in order to alleviate the need for a social safety net, but rather because you empower the individual to become a participant and contributor to society no matter what their distinction is, no matter what their association is, no matter what their identity is, no matter what forms of disability they may be assessed under, they still have something to positively give to society. There is a purpose for them to be there and the point for society is to find a way for them to bring forth that purpose and to contribute and to add value to the world. And this is, brings down to the fundamental idea that every life is important. Every person is important. In the terms of how I view it, because that is the one thing that resonates with my heart as is true, that every person is God. In the sense of I would no more want to harm the creator of all the beauty that I appreciate in the world than I would want to harm myself. And so therefore, do unto others as you would have do to you. Follow that golden rule. And while we're not perfect people and we will begrudge others, we must learn to forgive and to learn and to move on and become a better version. These are all things that have to be put into practice within society. There has to be ways to be able to move on from things, to be able to make amends, to redeem the time, and to be able to, to develop and move on, which goes in from our society. Our society not only is going to have to do with our economics, have to do with our industries, have to do with our markets that are out there, but also the individual participants, the individual people, the individual citizens, how they identify with this. What's the most important to them? What are their value systems? What are the things that they want to see in the world? How do they want to participate? You know, what sort of offerings do they want their communities to have? You know, what sort of sense of comfort do they want to feel and support they want to feel from their, their communities? You know, where can they help their communities to strive and thrive to be better for everybody? And, and to give their youth an opportunity for, for a beautiful future and to gift old age the sense of security and protection and, and the love and the positive treatment that they deserve. And then for everything else in between, to find a way so that life can continue on living in a thriving state, in a way where all of our goals are being lived, all 17 of those goals are being lived in our daily lives. And I believe it is possible there are ways to impart these technologically advanced 
innovations into the lives of the individual to convenience their lives so much they are empowered to be the best version of a spacefaring citizen within this spacefaring society. And it's not to say everybody wants to go to space. Not everybody will want to go to space. It is going to be a huge paradigm mind shift for someone to be able to go to outer space. But when we start now to be able to develop those type of individuals whose minds are are keyed in and geared to accepting that that is actually a real world possibility for them, that we are able to bring people in alignment with the considerations that are necessary in order to make that an actuality. And so that's where people are put to work. People will apply their ingenuity to something that they feel is possible. They just need a plan. And that's essentially what I'm showing them. It may not have all the details right now, but that's because they have some piece of the puzzle, some little detail that needs to be injected into it to make the broader picture. I'm not here as a creator who's trying to create the whole big picture and make it look beautiful and perfect and and to leave no room for development or other forms of creativity. I want to see it grow. This is just but a cosmic seed that I am implanting and and seeing how people are going to nurture it and take care of it and to really truly cultivate it and reap what they sow. And so in the sense of establishing this grand view overview and then to give people the capacity, the allowance, the free space to be a part of that overview in their own way to overview things and to do so in a safe space of communication, we're able to actually truly find where their place is in the world. We can establish what their significance is and not because somebody told them what they're worth or told them what they're supposed to do, but because they knew within their heart that that is truly what they are here on this earth at this time to do. I always believe in the concept that who you are is where you are when you are. So essentially it goes into that situation again. Where you are and when you are, this is part of your situation. And who you are is you are the person who can make change. You are the change state in that situation. You have an opportunity to make a decision. You have an opportunity to, to take advantage of a chance. And you really have to, to take that overview effect in the grand context of the grand view. How does that fit into that bigger picture? And if it's instead you're, you're going into places of pettiness and saying like, I'm, I'm going to cast judgment towards this person or, or that's not, you know, this person's not good enough or try to evaluate them um, or assess them on, on terms that are based off of your own limitations, then you're shutting down the opportunity for that person to be able to give you the insight that moves us all forward. So please don't be that barrier, but be somebody who is a golden door of opportunity. It is easy to judge. We are quick to judge. There is no way to stop people from doing that. The only thing that can stop them is by them making the choice to stop themselves. It doesn't mean you can't have those thoughts. Those, those thoughts and those biases help us to form distinctions between differentiations. We have to know what is different so that we know what is the same. We have to know what is us in order to identify them so that in the context of the conversations, we can see how things can change, how there is room to grow. There's room for negotiation, right? You know, if everybody was the same, it would be vanilla all the time. You know, I want room for there to be more flavors in the context, you know? So the idea is to really shut down people's need to uh, become egotistical or to be aggressive about things, to turn this into a a war-touring situation, but rather for it to be a negotiation between common sense people that are really there intentionally trying to achieve something substantial and significant, but really identifying who they are as a person and what their significance is in the world. 
I have a knack for helping people to be able to establish and, and identify their significance. And I'm able to help people to bring out their best version or their shitty version. I'm better at it when I'm face to face, but I'm working on that communication in these other avenues and trying to bring forth this wisdom and knowledge as best I can. I really wish I had this plug that just can go straight into my head and you can see all the beautiful visions that I have there. But for now, because that's not there, I'm just going to have to share with you in the words that I have and uh, the ways that I can communicate. I think what is the most important thing to take away from this particular recording is the fact that I have been able to identify with myself as to who I am when I'm presenting myself in a certain situation. And so recently I have been um, uh, brought, what has been brought into my awareness is opportunity to take advantage of, of a chance. And I'm trying to come to terms with whether or not that's the right thing for me to do. Evaluating the situation with all fairness, considering all people who are involved. And I'm using it as an opportunity for me to be able to to develop an an insight as to what will help me to achieve my overall goal, which is to achieve this grand overview effect, um, this grand overview of the world of like becoming a spacefaring multiplanetary civilization. And as I'm working towards like, how can I bring that out? How can I bring that up in every conversation I have? How can I do something to lead people into, to even considering the implications of it so that I know that they will at least take the time to go out and investigate more. Or when something similar comes up that they'll, there will be a feeling within them of familiarity to say, Oh yeah, you know, I I hadn't thought about that before, but now that I do, I can really get a sense of what I'm feeling You know, somebody may not be able to understand if they agree with me right now, but somewhere along the line in the context of, you know, what's coming up, they're eventually going to find, you know, whether or not they can align with my interests, you know, and, and to bring forth their own. And we have this bigger picture and this grand overview of, of what we're sharing, you know, Again, it comes down to is like I'm a creator, you're a creator, and together we are creating this better future that is to come. And this isn't like uh, kumbaya, hold each other's hands, peace, love, and hippy dippy shit. This is fundamentally going to that key core concept of the human element. It's something that I'm trying to define within scientific terms. Um, in a way that people can actually measure it so they can say, ah, the human element, you know, that's one of my life purposes because I believe that that the human element is the fundamental keystone by which we can achieve those things. It doesn't mean that we can't get ourselves there along the way without that first being defined. The thing is, is like, I'm not defining something and then it comes into existence. It's already in existence. I'm just putting words to it to describe it so people actually know what's going on so they can see it appear before them. It's kind of like, I think of it this way. It's like having a mathematical formula in front of you and to not know how to read that mathematical formula at all. And for the answer to be, in a sense, revealed to you so that as soon as you, you see that answer, the formula begins to make sense. 
and so in, in the things that I'm describing, I'm, I'm essentially giving people answers and I'm giving them the answers and the formula is already there present in front of them. I'm not inventing that. That formula already exists. The answer already exists too. All I'm doing is bringing forth the answer so that people can begin to read the language of the formula. And when you read the language of the formula, you begin to see ways that you can use that formula to explain other, other things, you know, and, and then you find that there's other ways to go about getting, you know, the same answer, or there's ways to go about doing it to get a different answer. And the beauty about mathematics is it's another form of a language, which really requires this situation, this context, and um, these general understandings, you have to be an initiate in order to understand those things. You really have to be, you know, one that understands the language to really truly get it. But if you don't, you can still intuit what that answer is. And like I said, if you're given the answer, you can work your way backwards. And so in a sense, I kind of feel like that's what I'm doing is like, I'm giving you an answer and I'm giving you a question, but my question isn't your question. My question or my, my formula isn't the one that you see in your own head. You have your own formula in your head. Now that you know what the answer is, you can see how to work back and then you see what that formula is. And that formula is essentially your own harmony, you know, your home, your own genetic code, if you want to call it, um, like your significance, your purpose in the world. And there's different ways to, to read that. But essentially what I'm trying to do is establish a way for people to go back in to be able to really truly read it. How do you break down the formula of the human element, which is different for everyone, and to make it as something that is reproducible in everybody, that's something people can actually tap into. There is a fundamental process by which people can translate formulas of the human element to come out at at um, real, actual, tangible, truthful answers. And so, you know, that's what I am doing in, in the sense of my logics. You know, that is my logic that I'm approaching, which helps me to stay in a line with the truth that I see. And I give definitions to these words and I use my words to, to describe the understandings that I have based off of the, the formulas that are really more about a knowing than they really are about a showing. And so the words are a way to show what you know. It's kind of like when a teacher tells you to do long divisions and show your work you know, that's essentially what this is. And it's a lot of different things saying all at once, but essentially what I'm doing is I'm using myself as, as a marker by which I can identify the human element and express it to people. I don't want people to listen to my story and be like, oh, she's so great, or oh, she really sucks. I mean, you can go either way. What I want people to do is to see what it is that I'm saying and discover what it is that they wonder about it. You know, what am I leaving you in wonder about? What questions come up in your head? You know, when, when I say something, I'm giving you an answer. What question comes up in your head and follow that through because that question is leading you to that formula. It helps you to identify where your values are, where your morals are, where your beliefs are, where your traditions are, all these things that have you programmed to look at the world a certain way. And from that and understanding why well, I really look at the world that way, you can now choose to look at the world a different way. You could reprogram yourself 
to think and do different things. And you can do it with intention to say, you know what, I'm not going to leave, live in that old belief system anymore. It served its purpose. It no longer has any context in the current situation. I'm going to go ahead and just let it go and shift into something else that's going to be more productive in the present tense. And you work from that. And when it comes to that's useless and antiquated, then you shift and pivot out of that and let that go and move on to, to the new next best thing. And it's not in a sense of not formulating any roots or not to create any traditions or to identify with any cultures, but it's to understand that uh, no one thing is meant to be everlasting. And so you have to understand there is an end point to everything. There is a beginning and there's an ending. And you look forward to those because every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end. And that's the truth. And you look at it as a grand new opportunity to take another adventure, to see where else you can go with it. And it's kind of like where I go with my conversations. You know, I start with one thing, I start with a thought, and then I just follow that thought. And I proceed to to discuss these things that I need to bring forth out in the conversation and relate it back into the overall context of, of what I'm trying to do here. And for me, in the sense of like, I know that that's my life purpose. This is my life purpose. This is what I'm here to do. And I'm always working, even when I look like I'm playing or just goofing off. I'm putting this to work for me so that I can formulate this better understanding. Um, Where I would like to go is I want want to start applying, apply, apply, apply. (laughs) But you can't apply everything unless you have, have that platform to be able to do it, you know? And so I'm having to build the platform too and really identify it. And so it's a process to be able to put all these things together. But I believe that I'm putting something together that can essentially work for people. It can be not, not a, a program, but rather a training, you know, it's, it's a training people to become in touch with their own presence and their own self-evidence and, um, to determine what their significance is, you know, and encourage people to become their best version, you know, and apply themselves into this better version of the world in the future. And it's not to say that we don't have to accomplish many other things to get us there. Like this thing about becoming spacefaring and multiplanetary is saying that we will have achieved the 17 sustainable development goals. So that means that planet Earth is taken care of you know, and we have a, a ever more healthy, sustainable, just and peaceful world on earth. And that's a pattern that we can recreate on another planet, you know, shifted for that situational context. But we, we understand the fundamental framework by which to achieve that. And we've achieved it on earth. And so we can replicate that and duplicate that in other places, you know, suiting the context and the situation. And so I believe that that's what I'm trying to express to people is like, let's choose to save the world so that we can become spacefaring and multiplanetary and striving for interstellar capabilities because that puts no end to our achievement. And it puts us out there so far that we can start to, from that future where we see where we're actually achieving that and we look back, we can see, wow, we got to get started today. 
And then hopefully from that, people will start stepping up and saying, you know what, we can do this and we can do that. Here are our options. Here are our choices. Let's, you know, pitch in, put in the work. Here, let's participate. There, let's contribute. Do whatever it takes in order to make this work. But first and foremost, and always what is most important, is to take care of the self and make sure that you identify with who you are and keep checking your frames of reference. Reassess yourself as a human being and represent yourself out there and always find opportunities to have the encounters with people so you can practice becoming your best version and to enlighten other people as to how they might be able to do so themselves. And just spend time with people valuable time valuable attention spread love be compassionate and to be considerate that we're all in this together i think that those are the fundamentally important things that i really wish everybody knew it would make the rest of my work so much easier but hopefully off of showing you who i am will help you to understand where i'm coming from with all of this other stuff So, here we are again on our own, going down the only road I've ever known, like a drifter I was born to walk along. It's just so freeing to know how much of a dirty, hot mess we are, <laughs> you know, in the weight of the world, when you really pledge your allegiance to something, you're standing up for a whole lot more than what you've bargained for. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe a good thing. Maybe a bad thing. Maybe. Maybe. Just maybe. Something substantial and significant. <laughs> you know. It's that real come through resonation like you know grounded in that real human experience feel so alone to be so out of touch with human touch just to feel welcome among anyone's space 
and I practice all of these things that are just <sighs> typical, typical of the circumstance, you know, just like everyone else. Another one biting the dust. I just know. <laughs> that gold is not something that rusts. <sighs> people, people. I mean, all of you out there, I get it. Get it. We're all stupid. We're little ignorant fucking little beasts. Goddamn humans. So fucking irresponsible. Goddamn cocksucking stupid bitches. Motherfucks. Each one of us. We're all going to hell. I mean, in a fucking handbasket and we're weaving the fucking basket. <laughs> you know? Like, we're really bringing ourselves there. Bringing ourselves down. Like, humans suck. I mean... Cheers to that fucking amen to you, God, <laughs> whoever that might be, you know, um, I'm pretty much well fucking over this bullshit because <sighs> I've come to the understanding that it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You know what any of us do <laughs> that try to fix the world or fix our problems or, you know, make stuff all right in the world with all these really fucked up things going on and we see it every day man there's fucked up shit happening all the time everywhere how you gonna care today about all the fucked up shit that's happening there's fucking walls falling down around us every day we are losing touch with the fucking world we live in man And I kind of feel like my heart is this molten core. And it's my little engine of survival. what being human is for. And I'm just trying to find heart so I can be at the heart, you know. I feel like Dorothy. <laughs> and we ain't in Kansas anymore. Little Toto, man, he don't even know. <sighs> he don't even know. I feel like there are times when I have no heart. And there are times when <laughs> I ain't got a brain. 
have to daily grind to find the courage to do what I know I gotta do. And it's just so funny because it's not what everybody is expecting me to do. You know, people think that I don't have a beautiful life. Is that why they would think that I would try to take my life? I'm just trying to make my life. I'm trying to make it into something. Something that's far beyond the circumstance of the life that I've had to live. Because I'll tell you, it's a tale. And you wouldn't believe me, even if I did tell you. <sighs> we all got our stories, right? We are all <sighs> just laying to rest. Like a black tornado across the sky. Open, oh, blue, northern. Here, hanging herself to dry. <laughs> As if all they see. <sighs> As a person who's given up on life. <sighs> you know? certainly haven't given up. I work towards something every day. Something gets me up every day to do what I do. To show up and care. And now I feel like I'm involved in this worldly affair with just about anyone who'll give me an ounce of attention. <sighs> Mercy. The sweet sound of a mansion. You know, I've become something of a character. <laughs> this quite quirky personality just comes out in these most random times. <sighs> a little bundle of experience. I'm just this little disruptor. 
how you get me in your space. And then shit's going to go all over the place. Nothing's going to make sense anymore. Because this is what living dreams are for. You know, empire building. <laughs> Just trying to build myself a door. <laughs> so I can knock on it. <sighs> At times feel like <sighs> being invited is nice. <laughs> To show up to places and be there. Because you intend to. Like, of course. We shall. <sighs> you know those fun luxuries of a date? <laughs> you know, the reason why you make it a date. You said it. You at least consider your intentions going into it, right? It's kind of like having a pen pal, you know? The only way a pen pal works is if they make a promise to you. They'll keep writing back and forth to you. And no matter what, be there to communicate with you. That's what like friendship is about, isn't it? I kind of feel like My life has been about meeting these people along the trail. <laughs> along the path of my life. And I never seem to be stopping. Always in stride. I'm always on my way. Getting places. Going, I'm gone. I won't be there. I up and leave and, you know, clean sweep. Cause that's what you gotta do someday anyway. So how long are you willing to live with regret? And why make it about some sort of argument? It's like playing a hand of poker. You gotta know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. I know when to run. And you never count your money while sitting at the table. <sighs> <sighs>
time enough for counting when the dealing's done. And that's what it is, isn't it? Deal. Life's just a deal, one after another. Tender little agreements that we share with each other. That's what relationships about, isn't it? Networking. You know. <sighs> Tying the bond that binds. I mean, I almost don't remember what it's like to feel incorporated. <laughs>